Welcome to the A2 Schools Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cluley, Director of Communications for the Ann Arbor Public Schools. This is March, and March is reading month, so we decided that we'd uh, turn the A2 Schools Podcast focus over to books for this episode. Joining today, uh, Kristen Smith. She's the ELA Curriculum Coordinator uh, for elementary school students. Thanks for joining us, Kristen. Thanks for having me, Andrew. And we also have from Scarlet Middle School, Librarian Deb Schreck. Thanks for joining me as well, Deb. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So as I mentioned, March is reading month. And so I'm hoping that maybe you can uh, highlight some of the events that we have going on in the Ann Arbor Public Schools. And I'll start, Kristen, with the, with the elementary schools. What type of things have been going on? Well, our elementary schools have been very busy during this March's Reading Month with a variety of different activities going on. Um, Many of our schools do some simple things like a daily calendar of activities students can participate in, like reading a certain genre of book or coming to school with a shirt with words. And then we have other exciting activities going on, like book character parades. Um, We also have events like book tastings, um, where students are invited to the library to try out all kinds of different books and then come back to choose the ones that they like best. We've had some author visits taking place across the district, um, as well as the Spinning Dot Theater Company coming to perform at Lawton. We've also had some assemblies with Reader's Theater and even a book scavenger hunt um, at A2 STEAM. In addition, we've also had the Scholastic Book Fair going on in many of our schools with family book shopping nights. Um, And then we have had some reading champions events at our Peace Neighborhood Centers where families have been gathering to learn reading and writing strategies to support their students at home. So all in all, a busy month of reading. That certainly sounds like the case, elementary schools. And I don't think you even mentioned that, and I've because I've seen several photos in this, many schools, classrooms are also having special guests come in and read books, whether that's a parent or some other um, person in the community. So that's a cool thing, too. Yes, we call that our mystery readers, and I did forget to oh. mention that one. <laughs> and, and Deb, can you talk a little bit about maybe what's going on at Scarlet or maybe some of the other middle schools and high schools? Yeah. um, So at Scarlet, I just am in the middle or we're nearing the end of our second year of March Book Madness. So that's a fun take on the basketball, of course, that's happening in March. Um, And at Scarlet, students are able to, um, you know, take a do a ballot, an online ballot during their advisory period. So they all get to vote and we keep voting each week and narrowing it down. So they're um, going to vote tomorrow to find out who the winner is. Who's in the final four? <laughs> um, we have, actually, we're down to the top two. So we have um, When Stars Are Scattered, which is a phenomenal book um, about a refugee situation and uh, just great learning opportunity for students. And it's a graphic novel, which is is very popular right now. Um, and then another novel called Ghost Boys that deals with some hard topics by Jewel Parker Rhodes. So they're they're very close they were very close even to be in the top two so it'll be an interesting to see who wins um so we're doing that and then i do know that other schools um around ann arbor have been doing things like the uh, book drive where students will bring in gently used books and then they'll donate those to community center areas that they can use um in their in their buildings and um Door decorating. I've said, I don't know if you mentioned that, Kristen, but that's always super fun for for classrooms to get into. Um, and then I think you mentioned mystery readers and and um, maybe an author visit or something like that. So this is great. We got 
kids of all ages getting to celebrate March's Reading Month. Now, now, Kristen, I was uh, as we so much as focus is on reading this month. Do you have some tips or some advice that maybe a family that has some of the young kids, maybe they're not even quite in school yet, they've got a younger sibling or something, or maybe they're, they're just starting off. What can a family do to help promote uh, the development of reading and then the love of reading for little kids? Well, I do have some suggestions. And the first one probably sounds obvious, but one of our biggest um, strategies that we suggest is just spending time reading. Um, we want to introduce our kids to a variety of genres of books and authors. Um, but it's really important that after we read with our child or during the reading that we stop and talk about the meaning. Your child can ask questions. Um, and that even sometimes you think of activities after reading together, like acting out the story or thinking about maybe a different ending to the book. We also know it's really important for our emergent readers to do a lot of talking at home. Um, so one fun tip or one idea that you could do is try storytelling on the go. So whether you're in the car or on the bus, um, you can just take turns adding to a story. Start with one simple sentence and then go back and forth, adding sentences to create a story, maybe a funny story or a spooky story. One other tip that I have is making sure that you're thinking a lot about sounds and words. And this can, again, be something that you turn into a fun game. So, for example, you could have a sound scavenger hunt. Maybe choose a letter sound and have your child find things around the home that start with that same sound. You could also play what's another word and ask your child to think of a different word for everyday things. So, for example, if you're pouring um, a glass of milk for dinner, ask them to think about some other words they know for glass, maybe mug or cup. All of these things will really help your student with their oral language and get them excited about reading books. That's really interesting because none of those things you mentioned was actually reading. Well, I, mean, I guess the reading to them, but uh, just the importance of just communicating in general to get that mind thinking that then translates into reading. Yes, that's absolutely right. We want to make sure that kids' oral language is developed. Um, and even when we're sharing stories with them, they may not know the words yet, but the more that we draw attention to print and letters and sound, the more we're helping to build that foundation for reading. And then once a child comes into the, the classrooms uh, here in the Ann Arbor Public Schools, what are some of the things that we're doing to then take that language, hopefully that the skills they've, they've already picked up uh, from, from their families as they're growing up, to then translate it into actual reading and excelling at reading? So we really spend a lot of time with our newer emerging readers on foundational reading skills. So every day in the classroom, students will have experiences developing their phonemic awareness and their phonics. And we make sure that our early readers have a significant portion of each of their school days working on those particular skills. Um, we've also done a lot of focus for our teachers and professional learning in these areas to make sure that our youngest students are getting that really strong start to reading. We also just want to make sure that when we're watching our early and emergent readers, that we're making sure that we're checking in on their progress and offering them lots of opportunities um, for choice reading time and to be part of flexible small group instruction. Okay, so when you say choice of, of reading time, what, what kind of choices are, are we giving our, our elementary school students about reading? Yeah, so many of our classrooms have libraries stocked with all different kinds of texts that students can choose based on their interest. And we have time within each school day for students to just explore those texts. 
we really want to balance student choice with that explicit direct instruction that the teacher is giving. So students will experience reading in lots of different ways throughout the day. A teacher led read aloud, read alouds in their small group instruction, but then time for them to just have eyes on print and start discovering what books they will enjoy most. Okay. Now I'm going to turn it over to you, Deb, because we've now got the, the foundations. They've learned how to read. They've they're worked their way up to middle school. What are we doing at the middle school level to make sure that that uh, now that they've, they're fully capable of reading, to keep reading, to get that love of reading so that they will be readers for the rest of their lives? So I think we see a lot of overlap, actually, between fifth grade and sixth grade, where they're still being given some of that, that time to just read what they want. Definitely the choice option. Um, not only, you know, books of different genres and seeing themselves in the books, but also all the different print forms, graphic novels. Um, I have this great organization I work with that drops off comics. Um, we'll come and change them out so students can have access to those. Um, Sora has been huge. Uh, having those ebooks for for kids um, and especially the audio versions of them, uh, there's just something that they prefer. And I even have some students who know that they want to be a better reader. And so now I'm able to recommend, hey, I have a print copy of this book, but if you also listen to it on Sora while you're in follow along, that you know that's going to help you. Um, and so, yeah, definitely having all those choices. Uh, the big difference between elementary and middle school, as far as the library is concerned, is of course, they're not coming on a regular basis scheduled into their weekly programming. And so uh, I do a lot of collaboration with teachers and try and get them in there as much as I can. Um, sometimes it's going to be more like research focused and tying into the curriculum. So I'll pull those nonfiction books that they need to do their research, but then I'll also find relatable chapter books on the same topic. So, hey, you're really interested in this topic on mental illness. Here's a book about a character who's facing that illness at the same, you know, so they have, can see there's a correlation between what they're learning about in their classes um, to the books that we have available to them as well. Okay. Now you mentioned comics and that also makes me think of graphic novels. And I know that when I was growing up, that was not considered appropriate for reading, but yet it seems like more and more people are, are accepting that that is a great way. If it's keeping a kid reading, that's a much better option than them doing something else. It is a huge trend in publishing, definitely. I've seen so many more graphic novels coming out. And now even taking books we might consider um, a classic that they're changing to graphic novels to, to bring those back around to another generation. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, to me, let them read, right? Like reading is reading. And and there's been studies about the the difficulty even of the language that is actually used in graphic novels. The students will come across more words that are unfamiliar and be challenged by them than they might in a full-on chapter book. Um, so yeah, I that's one thing. Also, I think some elementary schools have done this as well, but uh, the Scarlet Library is divided by genres. And so when you were saying, like, we're getting kids reading all varieties so they can kind of find their niche, by the time they get to middle school and high school, they might be able just to go find their favorite section, you know, and just be able to really dive into what's there. So I have a graphic novel section. I have the comic book section. And then I have an adventure, mystery, what have you, for all that pleasure reading that's available to them. 
And you also, uh, when we're talking about choice, I'm sure that subject matter is very important that all students are feeling like they can go read a book and see themselves in the book or, uh, you know, see who they want to aspire and to become. Um, so just how important is it to have that that breadth of choice? Oh, it's it's huge. Uh, that was one thing that one thing that I started early on. I, I joined an international organization called Project Lit, um, and they're all about getting books of all representations and um it was just a really cool opportunity to bring some students in and say, what what kind of books do you want to see? We got to be part of the voting process and then promote those books to the rest of the student body. And um, yeah, so, it, but in everything too, I, our, our language arts teachers work really hard at when they're going, getting ready to, to do a book unit, that they have representation of all different kinds of books, you know, the print form itself, but also the characters and the situations that they're going through. And, and maybe both of you can address this, but this, the, the wide amount of choice that Soria has given so that, you know, obviously there's a limited amount of books, physical books that you can have, but with Soria, how has that helped in terms of just giving even more choices for, for students? Um, yeah, well, like I mentioned before, having the, you know, the audiobook component to it, um, but also, like, we'll get some um, requests for a particular language, right? And so you can just go in and, and see what kinds of books do we have that we can get in this language for this, you know, new student. Um, and then just to be able to promote those things throughout the year, you know, pull up those banners and and really get kids to focus on all the different topics, whatever like women's history month is also in march right so we're promoting all those books about women yeah i was gonna say i also think it's a really helpful tool for our teachers when planning instruction um they may have you know a certain book that they're looking for to support a unit and maybe they don't own that book or they want to change up the book so that it does have better representation of their students and it just opens so much more access to these books and they can be you know displayed for kids to learn from just as you would reading a hard copy all right well this is march's reading month and i'm gonna put you guys both on the spot right now and i want you both to name a favorite book that either you read recently or maybe a favorite book from growing up? I just finished the novel Lessons in Chemistry, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, it was a reminder to me about just in general, there was very quirky characters. There was a dog in the story that I loved, and it reminds me of what you said, Deb, about just let kids read what they want to read. There's a time and place for that, just like adults do. Um, we, we gravitate towards genres that we love, I tend to like books with strange characters, um, and that's what gets me excited to read, and I feel like it's just such a similar thing for our students. Um, Let them discover what it is that they like, and then they're going to read a whole lot more. Yeah, I have, I guess, kind of an interesting perspective because I was actually in elementary for nearly 20 years and just recently transitioned that to middle school. And then I started, I was like reading voraciously middle school books because I wanted to know my clientele and what they were interested in. And um, so much great writing for middle schoolers. It's, I, I can't really just pick a book, but I've been reading tons since I started working there and they're just really great. All right, that is good to hear. And that brings us to the good news section here on the A2 Schools podcast. And this week, we're going to celebrate um, the achievement of Ann Arbor Public Schools students in the Michigan League of Academic Games. This happened several weeks ago, but we haven't gotten a chance to celebrate. 
Uh, we have students from Clegg won state championships in four events. Students from King Elementary won state championships in three events. And I think one of those, they were fifth grade students, but they were competing in a fifth versus sixth category. So they were, they were beating sixth graders, which is pretty Im- impressive to see. Um, and in addition to the competition, we also want to congratulate uh, Logan Elementary third grade teacher, Tierra Jackson. She was awarded the Michigan League of Academic Games Hal Hauer Volunteer Award for her outstanding dedication and teaching talent as head coach of the Logan and Thurston Academic Games team. We also have a couple of seniors, uh, Skyline senior David Lee, who actually was in uh, Miss Jackson's third grade class uh, nine years ago, uh, and he won the Lehman Allen Outstanding Senior Award for his efforts both as a competitor in the games, but he's also serves uh, with Jackson as assistant coach on the Logan Thurston team. So congratulations to David Lee. And then also Huron senior Tony Varkey. He's also received the Lehman Allen Outstanding Senior Award from the Michigan League of Academic Games State Championship. So congratulations to all of those students and uh, the, the staff that have helped them out uh, in competing in the Michigan League of Academic Games. We also wanted to make a reminder uh, that Burns Park custodian Abdul Akili is a top 10 finalist for the National 2023 Cintas Custodian of the Year contest. And the online voting for that is going on through April 14th. You can vote once a day. And I've got the, the link to that uh, uh, where you can vote right here in the show notes. Uh, so you can go out and help Abdul Akili win the National Custodian of the Year contest. So that'd be pretty exciting. Well, I want to thank uh, our guests for joining us today. So, uh, Deb, thank you very much for coming in from Scarlet. Thank you. And Kristen, thank you for coming in and giving sort of the elementary perspective on reading. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to the A2 Schools podcast. As always, if you have a question about the Ann Arbor Public Schools, the first place to go is a2schools.org, our website. If there's a topic that you'd like us to talk about on a future edition of the A2 Schools podcast, please email me communications at a2schools.org and we'll get that topic on a future episode. And thank you once more for listening to the A2 Schools podcast.